It don't take much strength to pull a trigger, but try and get up every morning, day after day, and work for a living. Let's see him try that. Then we'll see who's the real tough guy. The working man is the tough guy. Your father's the tough guy. Hello, I'm Paul Gallivan from Local 70, and I've got grit. De Niro is right. Work is tough, and for sure, you got to be tough to be in construction. But having issues on the job that aren't directly related to the challenges of being a professional tradesperson can definitely make for some long days and foster low morale. Sound familiar? Maybe you're dealing with issues on your job site right now. Being asked regularly to work through your scheduled breaks, perhaps the job shack or pot of forties aren't up to speed. Maybe you got concerns with your pay. For many union members, especially new members or apprentices. Dealing with these issues head-on and by themselves may be out of their comfort zone. So what do you do? Contact your council rep? Sure, that's an option, but calling in the big guns shouldn't always be your first choice. How about looking into the contract yourself? See what it says. That's a possibility, but I'll be the first one to admit that the contract language can sometimes be confusing and filled with ambiguity, making them difficult to decipher and understand. So where do you turn? Well, in this episode of Grit Northwest, look into the role and responsibilities of union stewards on the job and why they're so important in keeping a worksite running smoothly. Hi, I'm Joe Cadwell, the writer, producer, and host of Grid Northwest. Today, I talk with council rep and local 70 member Paul Gallivan. Paul is a steward advocate and trainer, and he is going to help us understand what rank-and-file members take on when they step up to the union steward position. We'll learn what personality traits make a good steward and how they develop the skills necessary to become effective job site organizers, negotiators, counselors, peacemakers, and guardians of our contracts. I started off our conversation by asking Paul what a union steward does while on the job. A steward's role on the job site is to be the eyes and ears of the contract and the representatives and the members on that job site to engage with the contractor uh, in order to ensure that we have the best job site possible for a union carpenter. All right. So they are sort of a liaison between the rank and file employees of a company and the management of a company. They would sort of try to um, defuse any situations or get ahead of any situations before they escalate and then necessarily possibly need to bring in a, a union rep to, to look into? You know, you probably said that almost better than I would. Uh, the, the end result is if we can get ahead of maybe a contract violation, if, if we get ahead of maybe a payroll issue or maybe harassment on the job site, um, a lot of times a steward will see that stuff the day it happens, even even sometimes the moment it happens, and they'll have the opportunity to engage with me or engage with the contractor or the members immediately and be able to solve something before it actually is a problem, before it costs the contractor money, before it costs the, the carpenter their job. So we want to be able to get ahead of issues at the lowest level possible and the only way we can do that is if we have somebody on the job site who's also keeping an eye out for those types of issues. That's one part of a steward's job. So it sounds like there's a heck of a lot of responsibility in being a job site steward. Not all job, site, job sites have stewards, though. And why is that? So identifying who makes a really good steward. This type of work 
requires a lot of attention because there are certain protections to the sewer program that uh, if you were to appoint somebody who was not engaging in their steward role to help the members and to help the contract and the, the contractors, then you wind up with somebody who's uh, got a couple of protections of basically job safety and only for a person that isn't actually engaging and isn't actually helping the members or the contract, this, this role could get abused. And so we need engagement from the members. This is somebody who's engaged with their local. This is somebody who's engaged with activities um, and, and wants to be able to be a part of something bigger. Not every job site has a carpenter that, that a, a representative has already identified as being that type of person. Um, once we identify who that person is on a job site, um, then we try to engage them as, to, to be the steward. And not everybody wants to take on the extra added responsibility of being a job site steward and, uh, and trying to help solve problems in that way. All right. So we are looking for more than stewards in name only, it sounds like. And it sounds like the, the union reps will identify these people when they're looking for people that would make a good steward. In my mind, a good steward would be someone who's obviously a good communicator. And by a good communicator, I mean not only someone that can just speak well, but is also very patient and, and is willing to listen, listen to the concerns of the people that they are there to, to help. Someone that uh, is is organized would be a really good skill set for a steward to have. Someone that has follow through. Someone that's respected on the job site and has some uh, a good understanding of the contracts and the ability to uh, be diplomatic because it is a touchy spot. I would imagine being you know in between the the rank and file and and the the management of a company and it takes some level of diplomacy and confidence in your own self to to be an effective steward. I would imagine. You're you're absolutely correct, Joe. Being able to have a middle ground to dealing with members, dealing with representatives and contractors, you're in a position where everything you say on the job site is going to be criticized. Uh, so being able to communicate effectively without necessarily injecting your opinion, those types of things are, are invaluable. To, especially to members when they're hearing something that you're saying, hey, I heard this about the contract in the meeting last night, or uh, the contracts department just released this statement. Um, being able to communicate that without being the target of their their frustration, if that's what they end up having, and, um, and then being able to approach a situation like a, a layoff or an injury on the job site and still be able to stay cool, calm, and collected enough to actually help the situation. Um, those types of assets on a person, they're hard to quantify until you see it in action. So knowing that you have the right steward comes through experience. After about six months to a year, I can tell you that this steward is going to be awesome. But going out the door and identifying this new steward that that we're really trying to empower. It takes a little while of them going back and forth with the information to find out how thorough 
of a steward, they're going to be able to be on that job site. All right. And you had mentioned some, some level of training. So does the regional council provide this training? Is this something that's provided by the international? Where does that training come from? In our area, we don't go to the training for the entire Pacific Northwest. We go to training for uh, Western Washington, occasionally Eastern Washington, and even Oregon. Uh, We tend to train our stewards the same way. We just came up with a new steward training that is a four-hour block that includes about two hours of hands-on training to going through the contract and understanding how to withdraw information from there. And the other two hours is is kind of just a brief, hey, this is what the carpenters organization is, and this is how you're going to be a part of that. And then once a month, we have a one-hour meeting where we put tidbits of information, continue to engage stewards in having the conversation. Being a steward is being adaptive to the new environment as it comes every day of the week. All right. And you had talked about protections as well, Paul. And what are some of the perks? Uh, The steward position, as far as I understand, is not a paid position. You don't get paid uh, a salary for being a steward, do you? No, you don't get uh, any pay for being a steward. There's a a stipend in uh, North Pacific, Washington. There's a stipend that happens uh, if you've met a couple of criteria, which is one, you're engaging with your representative uh, through the month and you're possibly filling out uh, logs with members that are on the job site. Uh, you're asking questions and, and answering questions and staying up to date with being a steward. And then your once a month meeting, that one hour meeting, if you've been active and you go to that one hour meeting, you are then registered for a $100 stipend in our area. And that's $100 a week, uh, a month, a year? Once a month. Once a month, $100 a month stipend. Okay. So there doesn't seem like there's a huge monetary incentive for someone to step up and become a steward. So what are some of the protections? I've often heard that the stewards are usually the the last ones to to be removed from the job as the job winds down. Is that true? So I'm not going to read verbatim from the contract, but I'll give you some of the, the bullet points that, that come up the most on the job, which is um, when you're doing steward activities on the job site, they need to be on the clock. The company is responsible for allowing a steward to conduct their steward activities while working on the job site. So when it comes to dealing with uh, a carpenter that might have a complaint and um, then the next step is to talk to the contractor. This isn't off the clock work. This is on the clock work, possibly when it's happening. Uh, when a con, when an employee gets injured on the job, the steward might pick up the tools and make sure that the tools get locked away safely so that they don't get rummaged through while the carpenter who got injured is not on the job site. Um, it could be possible that the job the carpenter might not come back to work. And so delivering those tools to the carpenter or a representative also needs to be done on the clock. So one of the protections is any steward responsibility work needs to be done on the clock. And the the employer just needs to allow that time for the steward to do their job. The other part is 
the job needs to come down to four carpenters before they lay off their steward um, rightfully. Now, there are a couple of ways that the contractor can lay off a steward, but it requires just cause. And uh, it's hard to prove just cause. Basic concept there is that the uh, employee has a lot of um, has has a lot of rights under just cause rules in Washington state. And then uh, the other part is the employer needs to give me or the carpenters union 48 hours notice prior to laying off the steward that allows the representative an opportunity to go and investigate the reasoning for the layoff. That sounds reasonable to me. So we have a steward on our job now. What are some of the reasons someone would be approaching a steward? We talked about contract violations. We talked about uh, perhaps maybe safety concerns on the job. What are, what are some of the typical issues that that a steward would feel on a, a day-to-day or say a week-to-week basis? Some of the more reasonable issues that happen um, are pay issues. Uh, Break times, lunch times, and meal times for after 10 hours, after 12 hours. These types of issues are usually a little bit muddy from the contract if somebody was just skimming through and tried to come up with a quick answer. And a steward can help alleviate that before there's any back pay or anything like that that needs to happen. The next more common issues on the job site is, is is there a break shack? Does the break shack have a heater in it? Uh, is there a lunch room? Is the lunch room sanitary? Is there drinking water on the job site? These are some more common things that happen on the job site. And a steward can help just identify what the issue is and usually talk to the superintendent or foreman and say, hey, this is in the contract. Let's get this going. And and it's they can resolve it at their level uh, unless there's resistance from management to do those things, in which case they would either talk to the management or ask a rep to get involved. And, and either way, it's probably going to come up because it's in the contract and they need to do it. Uh, some of the more difficult things that the stewards can choose to fully engage on or if, until they get that experience, they might call a representative to come in and help out. Um, and that's, uh, you know, carpenters getting fired or laid off for some of the wrong reasons. Those, those wrong reasons vary in so many different ways, but a lot of times it, it could be a carpenter that doesn't show up on time and they get fired. And sometimes it's a, a carpenter that had a, a shouting match with their foreman and they get fired. Uh, these types of issues come up periodically. And sometimes there's information on either side that makes it right or wrong. And, uh, and it's hard to get to the, the facts of all of that. And there's two sides to these stories. So uh, if the steward doesn't feel confident in those situations, quite often they'll help identify that. And we can get involved the day it happens or the day after it happens. Instead of waiting three weeks, getting notification that this happened, and uh, and then snapping to the contractor and saying, hey, you're you need to correct this. And by the way, um, there's some back wages in, included. And so you get a, an issue that could have been resolved 
yesterday and an issue that ends up getting resolved three weeks from now that costs the, the contract quite a bit of money. And, uh, and we're not in this for, for hurting our contractors. We want the contractors to succeed and we want them to, to know what right is. And, uh, and quite often having a good steward on the job site will protect our contractors from excessive money. Yeah, it uh, it sounds like they're the liaison again between the contractors and the rank and file that are trying to, you know, keep things from escalating or getting out of hand and having to call in a union rep. As we know, here in the Northwest, we have approximately 28,000 members. We have roughly 90 council staff. And I think out of that 90 council staff, there's probably 60 or, or plus uh, representatives, uh, you know, uh, business agents that are out making site visits. The, the ratio is really difficult to be to have a union rep on every job site every every you know every couple of days is, is unrealistic but having stewards there makes a heck of a lot of sense right now our, our program has has come a long way and it's got a long way to go uh, I think we have uh, pretty close to about 60 65 stewards uh, assigned and uh, and we have more that have been trained so that uh, that arsenal of people that we've identified has gotten bigger and there's been a lot more involvement. So Paul, who is the average person that steps up to volunteer to be a steward? I know you talked about identifying uh, workers out on the field that show some of the characteristics, but who are the people that are actually stepping up on their own saying, I want to represent my brothers and sisters in the workplace? Well, I'd say the the most courageous of them, (laughs) the, the types of people, uh, you know, I would say that typically it's a carpenter who's been involved for 10 plus years that uh, is tired of not taking an active role that speaks up and says, I want to be a part of the change, right? Those are the types of people that speak up, but those typically aren't the same type of people that I find in the field that make really good stewards. So the difference is also very important to the reality. The, the reality is most of the people that are asking to be a part of the steward program are currently apprentices or old timers who are tired of seeing injustice. And being an, uh, an apprentice coordinator at one of our regional training centers down in Southwest Washington and Oregon, what are your thoughts on an apprentice who's just getting started off in the, in the trades, stepping up and volunteering or wanting to be involved at that level? To engage with the contract, engage with the members, engage with uh, safety issues on the job site, and engage with contractors. The focus of an apprentice and the focus of a steward are very conflicting. And as an apprentice, there are four years of, of progressive learning in all things carpentry, shouldn't be being a steward. And the responsibilities to the contract and the members and the contractor, that shouldn't also be on their shoulders. Um, let's think about their families. Let's think about their their growth as a carpenter and, and make sure that they're able to focus on that. I, I love being able to train stewards. And a lot of great stewards have come out of the apprenticeship once they journey out. And when I say they've come out of the apprenticeship is they took the training to be a steward and as, as sometimes a first and second year apprentice. And they continued to go to meetings. They continued to go to functions. They continued to be engaged 
in the membership while they were an apprentice. And then once they journeyed out and they were able to focus on being a journeyman and their family and, and the carpentry union, of course, they made a great fit. They still make a great fit as a steward on the job site. I'd have to agree. I think that uh, as someone new to the trades, that uh, they have such a, a full plate learning their craft, learning their place in the industry, that the added burden of, of now stepping up or representing the, uh, the concerns of the contract, the contractors and the rank and file might be a bit much. But once they do journey out, they get those leadership skills. They get a little more seniority uh, out in the field. I think there's nothing uh, nothing uh, better at that point than to take that passion and that understanding of of uh, the union and, and really working to, to give back to it. And I think that's exactly what stewards are, are doing. They're giving back to the organization. So, Paul, this has been a fantastic conversation. How can our listeners find out more about joining the steward program if that's something they'd like to do? Go to your local representative. All right. I'll make sure to add that to the show notes. Paul, thank you again for taking your time to be on the show today. My guest today has been Paul Gallivan from the Northwest Carpenters Union. If you or someone you know are interested in becoming a job site steward, there's no time like the present to step up. Look for more information on how you can take your career to the next level in the show notes. Well, that wraps up this episode of Grit Northwest. Until next time, this is Joe Cadwell reminding you to work safe, work smart, and stay union strong.